What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this 10-time-a-week endeavor. We've now morphed into a two-show-a-day podcast for this week because of the trade deadline, because we got all this different stuff going on. We had a trade deadline primer with Jason Lacampora on Monday. Now we have a trade deadline instant reaction. Pew, 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 or something like that. Um, we're big on lasers here. And speaking of which, you can hear us fire off the uh, reggae lasers later on, uh, or actually tomorrow morning, with the Brady Quinn football show. Uh, myself, Ryan Wilson, will be recording that. It'll be up on Wednesday morning. You can watch it on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports. Look for the video thing. And I should add, everyone who got on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and hit the review button and the rate button for five stars and wrote nice things, we really appreciate it. If you have any question related to the NFL season, life, the Bengals, Andy Dalton, whatever it is, uh, we will get to it. Leave it on there with a five-star review. We'll use it in a, um, in a future episode. So deadline, this is, we're going to, this is, we're going to break down the deadline. Not a lot happened, if anything really happened, uh, at the end of the deadline. It was totally bunk, but there's lots of NFL news to cover. So we're going to dive into that. Um, mostly everybody stayed pat. It was, it was an awkward moment on every single, on CBS Sports HQ on NFL Network, on ESPN, as you know, they, they have this three-hour window carved out with these trade deadline specials. And, oh, by the way, the Super Friends are joining me. What's up, guys? Thanks Sad for the introduction. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Very good job, uh, everybody all at once. Brian Wilson, John Breach, Sean Wagner-McGuff. Um, Sean, in his traditional Apple earbuds, would you, like to, would you like to explain to us how you were unable to procure the wire to fix your mixer for proper podcast audio? No, because it's a terrible story. Good. I was going to cut you off if you tried. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know what? I think we should get right to it. Should we even talk about the deadline or just die right? We got to get right to it, right? Yep. It's a sad day. It's a sad day. John Breach. First of all, though, we should, we should preface this by saying, whose birthday is it today? It's, it's not funny, uh, right? It's too soon. It's Andy Dalton's birthday, and um, <laughs> what happened to him today? Did uh, he get a present from the Bengals? How do you celebrate his birthday? Do you think? I wanted you guys to know that I feel like my cat died. That's my level of emotion right now. That is how I'm feeling. Uh, the thing is, the Bengals handled this in the worst way possible, which shouldn't surprise me at all because this is the Bengals and they handle everything in the worst way possible. Think about the past 48 hours for Andy Dalton. He flew home from London after playing a decent game against the Rams. They brought him in to the coach's office. They sat him down. They said, hope you had fun in London. Happy birthday. You're benched, Red Rifle. And like that. That's just like sticking the knife in, twisting it, and boom. All of a sudden, Ryan Finley's starting. So I have said this. You guys have asked me about Andy Dalton multiple times. Keep going, John. I'm getting emotional. Keep talking, John. Uh, so here's the thing is you cannot blame. I understand they want to look at Ryan Finley. We've talked about Dalton for the past two weeks, and I've kind of said the same thing for the past two weeks. If you want to bench Andy Dalton, that is fine, but you have to trade him. You have to get him on your roster. You have to say, hey, we're, we're moving toward the future. And so you trade Dalton, you get draft picks, you stick with Finley, you take a quarterback in the draft, and you have that trade compensation you just got for Dalton. You can't keep him and keep him on the bench. That was just dumb. 
Dalton was not the issue this year. The Bengals were out two starting linemen before the season even started. Joan Williams, Cordy Glenn, A.J. Green's been out the whole year. Uh, their defense is the second worst defense in the NFL, maybe worse than the Dolphins, so maybe the worst defense. Zach Taylor is Freddie Kitchens Jr. He has no idea what he's doing on the sideline. So I don't think Dalton is even a top 10 problem. And here's my biggest issue is that, look, when Dalton was drafted in 2011, if that was when Carson Palmer refused to play for the Bengals. He was, he said, I would rather retire from football than play for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and then, so the Bengals had to go out, replace them. They took Dalton in the second round. If you would have told any Bengals fan that this second round scrub draft pick in 2011 was going to lead them to five straight playoff appearances, they would have taken that in a second. They would have made that deal. They wouldn't even thought twice. So I don't think Andy Dalton gets the respect that he should. Uh, and also, not only did they cut him on his birthday, but they cut him when he was one Finch. touchdown pass short. Benston. Benston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's That's probably going to happen. Sorry. Uh, but they benched him when he was one touchdown pass away from setting the franchise record. Uh, the only negative I will say about Dalton is that he has lost his last 11 starts. (laughs) You know, when you put it that way, I got to play both sides. I can't, I can't be uh, minor detail. You know what song that was that we were playing in the background? Me? Was it about cats? It was something sad. Ryan has to know what it was. Ryan, I 100% danced to the balloon between him and a girl to that song at some point. 100% danced to it, but I don't don't remember who it is. Boys of the Men, End of the Road. Oh, it wasn't. I was actually going to say Boys of the Men, damn it. And then I was like, if I say that and it's wrong, it's going to be embarrassing. Hey, John, so are you more upset about the way this was handled? Are you truly upset? And I haven't seen Breach this upset, and I don't remember the last time. That was, I almost feel bad that I played the music because that was an epic rant. Right. Um, I hope, I hope that the social team cuts that out. Debo, tell them to clip that, save it. Let's throw it up there. Maybe we have to edit out the music in the background, but either way, uh, Breach is, Breach had a pretty on point rant there about, uh, about Andy Dalton. So you're more upset about the, the way they handle this, the, the Bengals organization, which has been mired in futility forever. Or are you angry that Andy Dalton, which I'm guessing is probably one of your favorite players on this team, was treated this unfairly? No, I'm mad at the way they handled it. They're dragging their feet. If you want to get rid of Andy Dalton, that is fine. If you're saying we got to blow things up and start over, today was the trade deadline. It was the perfect way to do it. What? Let me ask you this. Where are they trading him, though? And, like, that's not a slight on Andy Dalton. I just don't see a fit for him right now. Like, he's going to get signed in the offseason by someone. I'm not saying, like, he's he's not going to be a free agent. They have him under contract for another year. Are they they going to keep him? him? I mean, they could trade him. His contract doesn't become guaranteed until later. So they could hold on to him and make a team make a deal. And a team could have maybe traded for him because his contract is team friendly. So you don't have to pay him unless he's on the roster next season. Uh, and if some team would have called, I think a third round pick, I think they could have gotten a third round pick for a quarterback who was fully under contract for next season at a very moderate price. AJ Green could have easily been shipped out. Go, Sean. I don't know who's giving them the third round pick. That's what I'm saying. The Bears are terrible, Sean. We've talked about this ad nauseum. The Bears but aren't giving that, up with their own But this is the problem, Sean, pick. is 
you literally gave teams three hours to decide if okay, they want to trade for Andy Dalton. If you made this decision earlier, like I said they should, if you want to bench him and get, and so that everybody knows you're getting rid of him, that's what you do. And then the Bears would have had two weeks to be like, oh, maybe we could trade for Andy Dalton. You can't expect a team to say, oh, we're going to bring in a potential starting quarterback three hours before the trade deadline. It's just not going to happen. So I agree with that. The Bengals just absolutely played this in the worst way possible. And that, Ryan, to answer your question, is what makes me mad. It's, I mean, like, it is bad the way they're treating Dalton, but that's kind of how the Bengals treat players. So it, it just it played it badly. I, I think these are both good points. Like they are, it's it is difficult to really understand what their end game is here because, like, I I think it's smart to bench Andy Dalton, not because Andy Dalton's been the problem with the Bengals, but you invested a fairly high pick in Ryan Finley, who was at one no high pick day, day three pick, one a third round pick. Am I crazy? Fourth. It was fourth, fourth? right? You should still play him and see. You okay. gotta still see but what like, he has. Okay, five, fourth, whatever it was. A lot of people liked Ryan Finley coming out of college at NC State. I, I realize that I'm biased here. Um, I, I thought, he was gonna, Where I, did he go to NC State. Um, I thought he was gonna fall in the draft. Um, once, you know, we got a little bit closer, you started to see him against good defenses. I don't know that he'll be great, um, even in a Zach Taylor system, but, um, you know, I do think that you have to see what you've got. You know that the Andy Dalton era is over. It would be malpractice not to throw Ryan Finley out there to see what he can do under fire to see if you, you know, in the same way that the Jaguars have to keep looking at Gardner Minshew. Like you got to real, you got to know whether or not the guys on the, on the roster. The difference is that the Bengals, as we sit here, currently have the number one overall pick. So they got to figure, that's another reason you need to figure it out. Cause so that's gonna, what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're 0 and 8 and the Bengals are, you have to f- spend the next eight games deciding if Ryan Finley is the guy because you are going to have an opportunity in the 2020 NFL draft to decide if you want to take a quarterback in the top five. I mean, there will be enough guys that come out. There's another reason to play him as well is that say the Bengals finish with the top pick. Um, and Finn, and Finley actually plays decently. Um, if they really want a quarterback in the draft, suddenly they might have created a trade market for Ryan Finley because teams have seen him play for eight games, and then maybe a team like the Bears would rather have Finley than Dalton. So there's there's another reason to do that, even if he's not a part of the long-term plans. Yeah. Um, having said that, it's pretty crappy to bench Andy Dalton on his birthday, on the bye week, um, then to not trade. And it's just dumb business. Like, I can understand maybe keeping A.J. Green because you want him to be around for Finley. You need him to get healthy. Maybe he wasn't going to pass a physical if you trade him. But, like, you got all these players, and your team sucks. And it's not going to be good next year. It's not going to magically turn around and, and be a quality football team. You need to get value for these players while you can. This is not like the Jets, and we'll talk about them in a second. This is not the Jets trying to unload all their, like, Jamal Adams, who's a, you know, former sixth overall pick. I mean, that's, it's not the same thing. The Bengals have assets that are not going to be valuable to them out after, after like today. Like AJ Green, if they don't sign him to a contract extension, has no value to them moving forward. And so, from that perspective, they should have gotten value. They should have gotten something in return for him. Uh, the Redskins did the same thing. I don't know if we were ready to move on from the Bengals, but I mean, I just want to I say just, one thing quickly. Do we know that Andy Dalton didn't go into Zach Taylor's office and ask to be benched because he's so tired of playing behind a doo doo offensive line and no playmakers? And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take the next two months off, and whatever happens happens in the off season. If he did that, I would actually give him a standing ovation. The <laughs> the one thing I do have to say is, anyone listening. Um, finds any good Mitchell Trubisky stickers, please send them to me and Breach because I think this means Breach has officially lost the bet. Um, and we'll be wearing a Mitchell Trubisky sticker for a month. It's not over. All right. What's next? That is, it is over. That, the, that's over. He's not, <laughs> the fine print and the bet said if anybody gets benched, the bet's off. <laughs> Ooh, that is an interesting little twist to it. 
What? Really? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the bet was if he's going to set. I mean, come on, guys. He he bet Andy. He said Andy Dalton was going to break the single season passing record. But you would have had to assume that Andy Dalton would get 16 starts to break the record. That's part of the bet. Why do you think that's part mm-hmm. of the reason I take the bet? Mm. Now you had never crossed your mind. Of course it did. You thought well, you, know, you didn't you, bring you, it up the night we made so, the bet. There's so why would I bring up another point in my favor? I mean, let's breach was never going to win the bet anyways. Like let's oh. let's I would not have made a bet about a tattoo if All I right. thought there was a chance I was going to lose. <laughs> let's put a pin in this. We'll come back to it. Go yeah. ahead, Brent. Uh, all right, let's move on. Another team that uh, we're going to keep talking about teams that didn't trade. I mean, that was sort of the the, the crux of the uh, crux of the 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 deadline deal deadline day deal. Whatever. Um, the uh, Washington Redskins did not trade Trent Williams either, and now he is reported back to Washington. What's what's worse, Ryan? What how how things went down in uh, Cincinnati today with no deals, or how things went down in Washington with no deal for the star left tackle? Washington, and it's not even close because they they have had Bruce Allen, the general manager, has had an opportunity to trade Trent Williams going back to the off season, and if Laramie Tunsil is getting two first round picks, you would imagine that. Uh, Trent Williams is getting a first-round pick in something that's relatively high, maybe not two first-rounders. So they set on Trent Williams, not literally, but refused to trade him, made it clear they weren't going to trade him. And then at the last minute, sort of like Andy Dalton three hours ago, like, hey, you know what, we're going to try to get rid of Trent Williams because he has not been here for two months. And um, some tweets came across, um, I think from, some, from NFL beat reporters, national people, whose name I can't remember, obviously. But part of the issue was that some teams did not want to help out the Redskins, who were uninterested in moving Trent Williams when other teams needed a left tackle. So now one or two teams need a left tackle. They're not going to pay the premium for it, and, and the Redskins stupidly are stuck with Trent Williams, who doesn't want to be there, but he just shows up so he can get paid. Yeah, J.P. Finley of uh, NBC uh, points out that the one quote that stands out talking with league sources on possible Trent Williams moves, Redskins wouldn't take calls on a trade for months, and quote, nobody wants to bail them out now. Ouch. Nice. And look. You hate you to see it. You can't blame them. You hate to see it. That's right. Yeah, you did. You hate to see it. You, you listen to Lock and Four on that, um, on the, on the, obviously don't go back and listen. I mean, you can if you want to. I appreciate it. But I, if you don't want to go back and listen to the trade deadline primer, <laughs> now that the trade deadline has passed, I understand. But JLC was talking about how like these GMs felt like they were just banging their head against the table. Call, like they call Cincy and Cincy be like, what? Do you think we trade like AJ? Why would he, why would we trade him? What are you nuts? We wouldn't trade AJ. You have any spaghetti with chili on it? And then they'd hang up. Um, and, and real quick, to add to that point, Brinson, if it does come out that, say, and if I'm a Redskins or Bengals fan, because we don't know what any offer was for A.J. Green. We haven't seen any of that leak out yet. So if it comes out that a team did offer a first-round pick and the Bengals turn that down, that then the Bengals insane. are just completely stupid, yes, and that would be insane. And same with the Redskins. You get to a point where it's like, you turned that offer down when your team is trash, and that would have made you better in the long run. That's just ridiculous. Who's running your organization? Uh, so same thing with Trent Williams. If it comes out that a team offered, what, two picks? I mean, like, if, if they turn that down at any point over the past month, that's just ridiculous, and Bruce Allen should be fired, but he'll never get fired. The Browns have not been above 500 all year. If you turn down their first-round pick from a team that has had a top-five pick every year, for like the, well, except for last year, uh, you're, a, you're a, one of the worst 
uh, personnel men in football. And even if you didn't do that, you might be the one of the worst personnel. You can, you can argue that, okay, uh, the Dolphins dumping everyone may not make sense if you're doing first-rounder for star player. So the Steelers, Micah Fitzpatrick, are first-rounder. We'll see if they can get that value back. But they got two first-rounders for Laramie Tunzel, so it makes some sense. So the Redskins could have gotten a first and even a third for a guy who doesn't want to be there, hates the medical staff, hates the team, hates the front office. You're an idiot. The um, Remember, Laramie Tunzel – Went into Chris Greer's office. He's like, hey, look, man, uh, I got this offer. And Larry Tunsil saw it and said, I would trade me for that. So it's like, like, yeah, you know, I get it. I mean, I, I, I don't understand what the Redskins are doing. Um, you know, it's a one and, what are they, one and six, one to 17. That's terrible, not going anywhere. And, uh, I keep forgetting, yeah, one and seven. I keep forgetting what the records of these terrible teams are because the Jets are just one and six. Also from the deadline day in terms of, the Jets and bad teams that didn't do anything. The Jets threatened to trade everybody and then didn't trade anyone, which, to be perfectly frank, in the middle of the uh, trade deadline, prompted me to put in a bet on the Dolphins plus three. Because the Jets are going to Miami to play the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to win that game outright. Imagine that either the Jets were going to trade everybody and the Dolphins are going to play a bad team, or the Jets were going to try to trade everybody, not pull off a single trade, and have the morale just go completely off a cliff. And I think that's where we're at with them. Can I say quickly that the Dolphins, for as much as we make fun of them, are doing the tanking the right way? Sure. All the other teams coming late to the party, it's almost November. They have no idea what they're doing. Their first-year coaches are terrible. The front office is a mess, and they can't seem to figure it out. It doesn't mean the Dolphins are going to magically fix things every year, but at least they have a, a plan. No one else seems to know what they're doing. The um the Dolphins went on Monday Night Football, played their tail off, worked hard, tried hard. I got accused of tanking on a morning show on a on another network, and we're not going to dignify that with a respect. Like they like they were actually saying that they believed that third down blitz. That was an was idiotic a, play call. Doesn't mean you're tanking, but it's an idiotic play call. It was. Sean talked about it last night. Yeah, I know that, but I mean, like we, I'm just <laughs> saying, like Stephen Ruiz of of uh, USA Today did a good job breaking it down. Like the Patriots do, the Patriots do zero, you know, cover zero and blitz everybody on third and long. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to go into that play call, but it's the kind of thing where if they go into prevent and Mason Rudolph has an hour to throw the ball and find someone downfield, we're saying, why would he get so conservative in that situation? Why wouldn't sure. he try to bring pressure against a bad quarterback? So I How about something in between a prevent and. Yeah, the- yeah, no, obviously. Look, it was uh, a bad coverage. Xavier yeah. Howard did a terrible job covering Deontay Johnson. He got open, he got a free touchdown. I mean, but like to accuse them of actually tanking in no. that play was a Twitter joke. That was not a let's blitz and let them score so that way we can lose. The Dolphins were trying to win. The Dolphins have looked, they look, they're a terrible football team, but they've looked respectable in their effort lately, okay? Try to, I mean, coaches try to win. You know what I mean? You can tank Monday through, or in this case, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, but then when you're actually calling the plays, you're not calling it to lose because that's what you are putting on tape. Like, Brian Flores is a defensive coach. Like, he's not going to call terrible plays um, to lose the game because that goes against him. Like, he I, would argue, I would argue that Freddie Kitchen's fourth and 16 mania is some guy trying to tank. Yeah, I mean, like that, that, well, no, you see the fourth and 16 thing and you think that he's got like the Patriots minus 12 or something. I mean, that's, that's, that's where, catch. yeah, that's where you start to worry about it. At any rate, the Jets, um, thought about trying to trade or allegedly tried to trade Jamal, actually reportedly tried to trade Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell and Robbie Anderson could not get, those are their three best non Sam Darnold and Quinn Williams players. Cause to show you how bad that roster is. Um, could not get any value for him. Reminder, Jamal Adams drafted two years ago. 
second team all pro in 2018. One, I think he's ranked top 10 by PFF in terms of young safeties. He's a ball hawk who lays wood on people. Um, Le'Veon Bell, I think we've heard of him. He held out from the Steelers, signed a huge contract this offseason with the Jets. And, uh, Robbie Anderson is Sam Darnold's best weapon. So Breach, what did you think of, uh, of the Jets effort to try and trade everybody and then fall short of trading anyone? I think that Adam Gase is imploding the team. He's not even doing it on purpose. He just has no clue what's going on. I remember back in whatever March or April during the offseason when that report came out that Adam Gase didn't even want Le'Veon Bell. Like, how do you even let something like that leak? And then he was like, no, or, or that, that was way too much money to spend on a running back. And then he's like, no, that's not the case. And now here we are seven months later, and he's trying to trade the guy away. It's just that whole organization. I feel like the theme of today's show is dysfunctional organizations because we have gone from the Bengals to the Redskins, and the Jets might actually be the worst of all of these because they just drafted a quarterback who's starting. They're trying to trade away all his weapons. Their defense, Jamal Adams is the best player on their defense uh, you know, the other guy they saw, CJ Mosley's injured. So it's just been like, this whole year has been a disaster and Gase has been a disaster. Uh, so I don't know what the Jets are doing, but whatever it is, it's not working because it's not good. I would have been all for them trading Le'Veon. Um, but the problem is, is when we signed, there's a reason, you know, they were like the only team in on the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes in free agency. It's because Le'Veon Bell's a great player. No one wants to pay him that money. It doesn't, like, we, we're seeing it right now. He's a good player, and he's stuck on a terrible offense. It doesn't make much of a difference. The Jamal Adams stuff is interesting because I can't remember who reported it, but it seemed like the Jets wanted a Jalen Ramsey type of price, and it seems like the two teams interested were the Ravens and the Cowboys. Obviously, Jamal Adams makes both of those teams a lot better, and both of those teams appear to be on track to win their divisions and make the playoffs. I'm fine with those teams not making that deal, and Jamal Adams is a great player. Uh, he pretty much does what he's asked to do to like, you can't expect anyone else to play it better. I think the Jalen Ramsey player role though, has a much, has much more value than Jamal Adams in today's NFL. And so I, if the Cowboys or Ravens had given up the Jalen Ramsey composite compensation for Jamal Adams, I don't think I would have liked those deals. I think it's a little bit too pricey. Um, and for the Jets, I don't really understand why they would want to trade him because they need good young players. Um, he is a good young player. Like, what do you expect you're going to get in draft? Do you think you're going to get another Jamal Adams? I don't know if you're going to get that. That's one of those things where you need multiple draft picks in return to sort of fill in the blanks. By the way, more bad news for Breach today. Three kickers have been, been cut today, in addition to Matt Bryant. Mike Nugent, which I called after he missed those two field goals, and then Chase McLaughlin. Or is that his name? McLaughlin? Yeah. So any any response to that, Breach? Uh, are we talking kickers later, or am I supposed to go on a kicker rant now? I just saw Gil Brandt tweet it, so I thought I would throw it in your face since you're having such a bad day. Uh, I mean, unless every <laughs> unless the NFL comes out and eliminates kickers, I don't know how my day can get any worse. <laughs> uh, well, the uh, here's from uh, Ian Rappaport. The Patriots are not planning to sign a kicker, source said. Belichick going for two rest of year in lieu of in trying to kick. Stop it! That's not true. That's not who they. No, said. I'm just kidding. They're signing Nick Folk. But, uh, <laughs> that was a good. That was a good sell job, though. Well, yeah, what do you think, Breach? Why? Why are these kickers getting cut on the same day that uh, Dalton's benched? I, I don't know. The trade deadline turned into like my own personal nightmare. Dalton gets benched. Kickers are getting cut left and right. Our pets' heads are falling off. Uh, with with Nugent Wilson, you guys, anybody who watched that game, it was obvious 
that he was not going to last in New England. He had a field goal blocked. He missed a field goal against the Browns. And if you've watched the Patriots play the past two weeks, Bill Belichick was actually passing up a couple field goal attempts because you could tell he did not feel comfortable with Nugent. It was only a matter of time uh, before he pulled the trigger on that. So that's not surprising at all, as Wilson just said. Matt Bryant is a little odd because they went through all that trouble to cut, get rid of him in February, then bring him back on a new contract. And then, uh, you know, he struggled this year. He was 9 of 14 on field goal, 64%, not good. But four of his five misses were from beyond 50 yards. He's 44 years old. Like, they knew what they were getting. You can't ask a 44-year-old who's not Adam Vinatieri to go out there and bang 55 yarders. Uh, so I don't know that they're really going to get an upgrade with Young Way Koo, who has hit exactly 50% of his field goal attempts since being in the NFL for one season with the Chargers before he got cut there. Uh, but he did hit every single one of his kicks while playing in the Alliance of American Football. And fun fact, he scored the first points in AAF history. Uh, as for Chase McLaughlin, he was going to be gone. Chargers go through kickers like Sean goes through Tinder dates. Mm. All right. Wow. Uh, let's – ouch. Uh, by the way, hot take. This Patriots kicker thing? Going to come back to bite him in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> Justin Tucker's banging down field goals in uh, in Foxborough, and the Patriots are missing him. Just, just throwing that out there. It's more likely Nick Polk, Nick Polk hits a 60-yarder and, and Justin Tucker goes 0 for 4. Yeah, yeah, it's, more, like, it's more likely the Patriots are up 28, and it doesn't matter that the Ravens have a good kicker. Or more likely that Bill Belichick cuts Justin Tucker's hamstring, and then it's not even an issue. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about winners and losers from the full trade deadline. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, so we had uh, a bunch of people that did or did not get traded, and we're looking at trade season, okay? Not just trade, not just the trade deadline, because trades happened earlier. Their team's dumping people. Leonard Williams traded from the Jets to the Giants. Kenyon Drake from the Dolphins to the Cardinals. Um, Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars to the Rams. Marcus Peterson, the Rams to the Ravens. Austin oh. Corbett, yes? Most of new. Yeah, Mosinu, Emmanuel Sanders, Gary and Conley, uh, just some bigger names that were thrown out there. And so we can involve any of these teams. Like if you think the Rams won, which I do, I'm going to throw the Rams out as a winner of the trade deadline because here's why. They traded for Jalen Ramsey. At that point in time, people were like, this team's not even making the playoffs. It's insane. Well, Les Snead and uh, Sean McVay had the foresight to look ahead at the schedule and realize that they had two, uh, you don't want to call them cupcakes. They're like – Little mini, mini, they're like donut holes, right? Is that not, foresight, by the way, that they can read down the, the, down the page? 
Well, they just lost a close game to the, the Seahawks. They know if they'd won that, they could easily be six and two right now, two games back of the 49ers and main in control of the NFC wild card. So I think that if you're the Rams, I like the deal. I know you give up two first round picks. I know it's a lot, but you got Jalen Ramsey, who's a stud cornerback. You're going to sign him to a long term deal. He apparently, according to, um, uh, Adam Schefter on ESPN today told them that he will not hold out in 2020 if they don't have a deal reach, but he won't franchise tag him. So you got him. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, so I'm going to say that the Rams are winners. They are in the hunt in the, in, in the division and in the wild card race. They got two more games, one more game against the 49ers and, uh, they got a stud young cornerback as a, as part of their team. Let me offer you this counterpoint. A year ago, they were in the playoff or the Super Bowl, excuse me. Um, and they, they laid an egg, but they were in the Super Bowl. Are they better now after giving up two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick and acquiring Jalen Ramsey than they were last February? Negative. Well, no, but they lost a bunch of offensive linemen to free agency. Like, so they're not a better football team. So they lost if, a lot yeah, too. If you're giving up two first-round like, picks. This is two different years. What are you talking about? But well, Wilson's that, saying if you're going to give up all that stuff, you can't get worse, and they've gotten worse. They've gotten better since the trade for Jalen Ramsey. They were worse before the trade, and now they've gotten better. What? Are but they they're still not as football? good as they were last year. They might go back to the Super Bowl. They're not going back to the Super Bowl. Why not? Listen, you're the guy who predicted not to make the playoffs this season. You should be rubbing this in. You should be in what he's saying. Listen, daytime Dalton, don't be blasting me for my predictions. You barely following your sadness. I'm not blasting you. I'm telling you that you said the Rams might not make the playoffs, and they actually might not make the playoffs. So you should be on Ryan's side. But their chances to make the playoffs have gone up exponentially because they added Jalen Ramsey. Have they gone Um, up exponentially? Do you know what exponentially means, Sean? Yes, in spades. It's gone up in spades. They won two games since they got Jalen Ramsey. Means Actually, like- guys, according to Sportsline's latest projections, which we just got today, which you would know if you read your emails, the Rams are not projected to make the playoffs. Boom! Boom. Dunked on. What? Double dunked on with Ryan. I'm with Brenton on this. I don't understand Good. why we're talking about last year. What? Exactly. Nothing. I don't understand. I don't understand why you're using last year as a comparison point. All that matters is this year. And the, if the Rams want to make the playoffs this year, they had to get a lot better because the division around them got a lot better. And they got better before the trade. If deadline. you're a Super Bowl team and your uh, bar for success has gone from going to the Super Bowl to just making the playoffs, and yes, this is a, a perfect deal. <laughs> but if, if your goal is to get back to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, which I imagine it is, then there's some questions that you can ask about two first round picks and a fourth round pick for Jalen Ramsey making you enough, giving you enough to do that. So just out of curiosity, Ryan, what, um, what qualifies as, uh, as exponential? Exponential is like one, one squared, two, four, three, nine. If you're plotting that on the XY axis, that's what it is. So Breach, could you fill me in on what, since you've, Clearly read your email. Like that, Sean. What are the um, what are the Rams' uh, chances yeah. of making the playoffs done in the last three weeks? Just out of curiosity. I just started the projections this week, and they're not projected to make it this week. No, no, no. But what percentage chance do they have of making it? Because I know Stephen O sends a percentage. Oh, it's forty seven forty seven percent, and they're in the seventh spot. The Seahawks are fifty five. What was their uh, What was their number two weeks ago? Just out of curiosity. Again, I just started the projections this week. What is it? Oh, no. so you don't read what your, your What was it? What was the percentage chance two weeks ago? He doesn't you know. T- Tell us. How do you not know? I don't know. I'm asking Breach. He says he reads all the emails from Stephen. You're o. about to slam dunk on him, and you just threw the ball out. I know. I, I literally thought the dunk. The dunk that was really. That's what I, I was man. waiting for. I can't believe like, this is my teammate in this in this fight. Come on, man. Resident, resident shooter. You can't free set up the dunk and then walk away from it. What do you? Well, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is the problem is these things are showing up all blurry. I can't even read. Oh God! What an excuse. 
The sun got behind. Oh, coach. goodness. I, I thought you had it ready. It was going to be an increase of like 30%. We were going to win. Set it up so nicely. Then he threw the ball. I would like the I, I did, I did, on the trade I did the homework. I did the homework for Brenton. It has doubled since two weeks ago. So exponentially. Yeah. That, that's, not, that's not exponential. That's not how exponential works. You need at least three data points, but go ahead. <laughs> you said two <laughs> times, three times. Uh, if only I'd had it. You got no, dunked on. Oh you got dunked on. Ryan, you've been dunked on. <laughs> okay. Fine. All right, Sean, give me a winner or a loser from the trade deadline. Trade season. I actually like what the 49ers did with Emmanuel Sanders, and we know that defense is great. Um, a lot of questions about that offense. Obviously, their biggest weapon is Kyle Shanahan, um, and he's able to get the most out of a limited offense, I would say. Um, but if you look at their receivers, they don't really, they didn't really have anybody until Sanders got there. And I don't think the cost was that terrible. It was a third and a fourth round pick. Um, I would rather have Emmanuel Sanders in a year when you're undefeated. Um, and you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Sanders played in his first game, caught a touchdown right away. I would assume he's going to only get better as he learns the offense. Um, and Sanders, I mean, I feel like we've been saying this a while on the podcast. Um, one of the most productive and underrated receivers of the last, you know, six, seven years. Um, and he came back from an Achilles. He looks completely healthy. Um, so I think that's the kind of move I like a contender to make. It doesn't cost that much, but it targets an area that I thought was desperately in need of an upgrade. A loser, I mean, a keep to leave. Um, I mean, you, you got to go from Los Angeles to Miami. Um, you go from being a back to back Super Bowl appearances with the, the Rams to, uh, to being with the Dolphins. He's not going to play. He'll just get paid. I think that's okay. He'll be in he South actually, Florida. And, uh, he saves money on income tax by moving to Miami. Yeah. He's getting paid not to play. So The uh, other, I guess, okay. Well, then another loser we talked about it is the the Redskins and the Bengals for very obvious reasons. Um, I would, uh, what about the Cowboys? Winner or loser, Breach? Uh, I feel like they could have definitely stood to make a trade and it would have helped. But... I think they're okay. I think that obviously they felt like the compensation was too much. And although if you would ask me like five years ago, if I trust the Cowboys front office, I would have said absolutely not. But I feel like they've been a lot smarter about that type of thing. So I am going to say they are winners. They set, they set a price for Jamal Adams. They said, we're not going to overpay for him. And they didn't. And they're currently leading the division. They got uh, Michael Bennett. They got yeah, Michael Bennett. That. So, and, and again, we talked about it when Michael Bennett got traded, but he's back with Chris Richard. So, uh, I think the Cowboys are winners. By the way, the Dallas, uh, David Moore, the Dallas Morning News reports that, uh, the Cowboys offered a first round pick to acquire safety Jamal Adams from the Jets, but that wasn't enough to get the deal done. The negotiations went down to the final seconds. That's kind of crazy. Um, and, uh, the, the source, a source told him also that the Cowboys were willing to put together the sort of package Pittsburgh did to acquire Minka Fitzpatrick a first in switching picks in the third day, but wouldn't go to the Jalen Ramsey level, two first-round picks in the fourth, which, I mean, yeah, good job by the Cowboys to evaluate that properly. I would say that they sort of lose because, I mean, man, Jamal Adams is on the, is on the market. I want Jamal Adams. Uh, the Ravens were also interested in him as well. Um, but, if, if, look, if you're the Jets, this is like this is like being in a, in a fantasy league with Adam Azer. You know, he's like, like puts his like puts his guys on the trade block. You're like, oh, that's cool. I'll go trade for those guys. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you um, uh, Deshaun Watson for Mike Evans. And it's like, what? No, like I'm like doing that. That's a terrible deal. What are you insane? Or like, fine, I'll give you uh, Carlos Hyde for Michael Thomas. It's like, what? What? In what world are we living in? What are you doing? Stop <laughs> doing that. And I think that's where the Jets are. Like, I get it that the guy's young, 
Jamal Adams, he's 24, second team All Pro. But like, you can't be asking for the Jalen Ramsey package for a safety. That's just not. It's not gonna fly. At the same time, though, they absolutely should not have taken that Cowboys offer because that Cowboys first round pick is gonna be in the 20s. So right. I, so I understand why they wouldn't take that offer. For sure. I mean, look, that's what the like the Cowboys deal with the Raiders for Amari Cooper. I think that the Raiders would go back and I, I don't know. Maybe would they redo that? I don't know if they were going to get a first round pick from anyone I else. I think they're probably happy, honestly, with everything that they've done because they appear to be. As Bears pick's going to be top five too this year. I can be top five. It's going to be top, top 12, top 10 though. It is funny. A year ago, we made fun of that Amari Cooper deal in favor of the Cowboys. So we made fun of the Cowboys for it. I think the Raiders would be better off. If they kept Amari Cooper. They don't have anyone to throw the ball to outside Terrell Williams. He had one big game, and that was last week. But I think, I think, you'd, I think you'd argue that both sides are okay with that deal. And maybe yeah, both sides. Nate from they took. He got hurt. Yeah. The first he was, game. He was playing really well, though. One game, and he was doing a lot of crazy stuff on hard knocks. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't love him. Like, he was good, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, can I tell you my winner and loser? You sure can. I'll start with my loser, and it saddens me to say this. You hate to see it. Matt Patricia, Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Why are they getting rid of Quandre Diggs, number one? Team leader, good in the defense. And then there were conversations about trading Darius Slay. Why are they trying to blow things up? They're not a bad football team. So that sort of boggles my mind what their plan is. I know that um, Quinn is the the, the um, GM, the New England guy, and, of course, Matt Patricia comes over from New England. I don't know why you would blow this team up, given that you got screwed out of a couple of wins and the season is far from over. Anybody know? How happy are you that you got to name Patricia your biggest loser, though? I didn't want to. I was turning. I turned the page, and I was very happy for him. And now he, he went and did this. Well, also, you 100 percent wrote down on like September 15th. I hope I get to name Matt Patricia my biggest loser of the trade deadline. But I mean, I would imagine that the players are like, okay, what's this clown doing? Trading away <laughs> our favorite, you know, trading away team leaders and, and guys who are really really good, like Darius Slay, are trying to do that, and, and they're going to come back and play hard for this guy. So I would expect things to maybe not go great in the second half. And my winner, and you guys all know this is coming. Your Pittsburgh Steelers. First round pick for Mickey Fitzpatrick. Two picks against Ryan Fitzpatrick, one of the best quarterbacks of this era. So hats <laughs> off to him. Don't make that face, Brunson. You know it's true. Wait, you you you're going back to like the Steelers beat the Dolphins on Monday night. Are you saying they got Mickey yeah. Fitzpatrick and he picked up his old team twice? Yeah, he has a. But one of which he was better off dropping, for the record. Right, he should have dropped the punt. But um, no, I, I like that pick because they need a safety. There's not one that would be drafted in the top five. And currently, right now, I think the the Steelers are picking 12th. So if they pick 12 to 15, I think that's certainly fair market value for Minka Fitzpatrick. I, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably right. And look, if the Steelers make the playoffs, mm-hmm. like geniuses. Um, unfortunately, do you think there's a better chance they miss the playoffs, or is there a better chance that pick is like a top six pick? I don't think it's gonna be top six, not with their schedule. There's so many think? bad, so many bad football teams, John. I'm, I'm just asking what you guys thought there was a better chance. I'm not don't, mad at don't you. Don't I'm just saying there's a lot of terrible football. Well, Breach, why don't you tell us? You've got all the playoff odds in front of you, math nerd. Um, <laughs> see if you can read through your tiers and find out what the, the odds are. Uh, no, uh, the uh, they get to, I know, they get to play the Browns, Browns twice, Bengals, Cardinals, Bills, Jets. So I mean, like, I, I mean, I think the Jets, Bengals, Cardinals, not the Cardinals, excuse me, Jets, Bengals. Redskins, Dolphins, like you would have to be really bad to be. Falcons. The, the problem Where, is that the Steelers, you, the Steelers playoff odds real quick. They have a 29.5% chance of getting the sixth wild card spot, which currently belongs to the Texans in the projection. Uh, the seventh spot is the Jaguars, and then the eighth spot is the Steelers. That's terrible. A terrible reflection on the AFC. 
There's... Yeah, no, when we were sending in our updated uh, playoff projections to Dubin, when you're starting to go through the wild cards, you suddenly realize that six wild card is actually, it's so wide open and could be that eight and eight team. It could what? be, I mean, honestly, it could be anybody from like the Raiders to Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. The Titans, any team in the AFC South. It could be any one of those teams in the AFC South. It could be one team in the West. Um, Brunson, anybody are you ready to write off the Chargers? Anyone have any faith in the Browns? Oh, Chargers could easily make a run. The Raiders have a negative 41 point differential and I wouldn't rule them out. The Browns could make, Browns schedule is easy enough. They can make a run. Do you know who their coach is? Freddie Outhouse. Freddie Outhouse, ain't house. Freddie Kitchen Sr. Um, Frederico. What, what about the Eagles? Yeah, they're good. Winner, winner's a winner or loser. <laughs> oh, not, even not, in terms of the playoffs. Yeah, football. <laughs> <laughs> What did they do? I'm trying to think. They didn't, they didn't do trade for any cornerbacks. They didn't trade Zach Ertz for Patrick Peterson. Why didn't they do that? Devo, do we know if they tried to maneuver some of these cornerback trades? Tried. <laughs> um, remember, uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk reported they were going to quote, they had, it was like something fun in the works. Well, you know what? There wasn't anything fun that happened. They're bringing back smoothies, man. Having they a big sale. They're having a team bowling party tonight, Brenton. I wanted, That's I, fun. I wanted, I wanted like a crazy, I really did. Uh, one of our uh, listeners um, DM'd and, uh, and mentioned it was uh, Brandon Silva DM'd and said, "What about uh, Zach Ertz plus a uh, plus a pick for Patrick Peterson?" That's a what kind of pick? Uh, Eagles first or Eagles second? I don't Ooh, know. That's a lot. That's steep. I would do it straight up with like a fourth round pick in there. Yeah. What about a second round pick for Chris Harris? Yeah. Yeah, not not getting sounds, Chris Harris. Chris Harris, I would say Chris Harris is kind of a loser. I know he likes I know well, he likes being a Denver, can, but man, can I say an, a loser? I think is Denver. Um, yeah, for sure, I would have traded Vaughn if I mean, you don't know what the market is, but Mike Kliss of Nine News, um, who Nine. usually has the uh, yeah, I forgot the hashtag Nine News. Um, he he usually has I would say the Broncos viewpoint, and it was Von Miller was never available for trade. That is a mistake, and again, you don't know what kind of offers they would have gotten, so you don't want to criticize them too much. But if there was any market for Von Miller, that's who I would have moved. And Von Miller is a great player; he just does not fit their timeline whatsoever anymore. Yeah, yeah well, that's the problem. Is John Elway's not willing to reboot. I agree. The Broncos are a big loser. They should have traded Chris Harris. Should have traded Von Miller. Uh, they traded Manuel Sanders, obviously, and they got a decent you know, third-round pick for him in return. But like, if you're a team like that, that the like, just has Joe Flacco out here calling you out for being too conservative. Maybe change your thought process on what your team is doing. It's so not- they have they have Bradley Chubb. So they have a pass rusher. He's ACL now, but he'll be back. Yeah. You say you get a second round pick for Chris Harris. Go to the Eagles or wherever. Get a first round pick for Von Miller. Boom, you're right back in it. You got four picks. Yeah, go do some good stuff in the draft. And it's it's what Ryan was saying earlier about how the, all these teams are so late to the, the the party in terms of rebuilding, whereas the Dolphins at least know they're committed to it. And all these teams are half-assing it. Like the you trade Emmanuel Sanders, that should signal we're trading all of these guys now. Yeah, you don't just don't just do one of them. Like go go all in. Don't half-ass these things. Either you're either winning now or you're or you're tanking. That's Hell, what trade Joe Flacco to the Bears just to spite Sean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um. All right. Any other thoughts before we get out of here? I am even more excited for the toilet bowl between the Bengals and Dolphins. In December, now that I know it's going to be the Battle of the Ryans, Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Ryan Finley. By the way, exciting news out of the Westgate 
in Las Vegas. I don't know if you saw me tweet this breach, but um, the Bengals are actually now the favorite to go winless. They are more likely to go winless than the Miami Dolphins. They're five to one to go winless. The Dolphins are six to one to go winless. How does that make you feel that in Las Vegas's eyes, the Bengals are a worse team than the 2019 Miami Dolphins? Uh, it is actually kind of weird because I feel like the Dolphins have a much more difficult schedule. They have, they play the Jets and obviously the Bengals, but other than that, I mean, it's a lot of very losable games. And I don't know anything how Ryan Finley is going to look at all in his debut. So maybe he comes out and upsets the Ravens. Now we're talking, oh right? God. I think he'll oh, get a goodness. Ryan Finley jersey. Oh, uh, so but, let me, uh, let me tell you what I thought of Ryan Finley last year. He reminded me of Kirk Cousins. So. I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Like like primetime Kirk Cousins, like playing against a team with a winning record Kirk Cousins, or like So you just moved from Andy Dalton to Richmond to Andy Dalton. Congratulations. Oh, that's that's a good yeah. <laughs> uh, good then. I'll say this. I uh I think the Dolphins are gonna win two games. I think they're gonna beat the uh Jets this weekend, and then they're gonna beat the Bengals again. It's not even gonna be the toilet bowl because the Dolphins are gonna win two games. This Dolphins they just put Xavier Howard on the on the IR. They have no one. Who the who do the Jets have? Robbie Anderson. I was thinking the same about the Bengals bowl. I think the Bengals. They I'm have, saying the Jets are going to win. The Dolphins are going to win this week against a tanking Jets team. That, that just happen. like every if you're on that Jets roster, you just got informed that literally every person on the team was up for sale. As Sean picks his nose. Oh, that's gross. Uh, I shouldn't <laughs> have said anything. I should have screenshot it. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. We got to peace out and go record the Brady Quinn football show. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Join the Pick 6 Podcast Facebook group. Um, I will be jumping on there uh, th- later this evening to answer all the questions. I think Sean has an AMA. Did you already do it? No, it's on Thursdays right before Thursday Night Football. Okay, cool. Um, I'll be on Tuesday maybe to do some waiver wire stuff. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. Later.